Good morning. Good morning. Trends with friends. We have Gomer Pyle, uh, Phil Perlman. We how dang. We're going Today we're doing all. And then what, what's Riley's nickname? I forget. Well, we got the Cuban Missile Crisis. He's out. There's war talks. War chatter gets, you know, he gets nervous. He's from Cuba. He thinks he's going to get Today supported. we're doing a special, a special Trends with Friends. We're going to do all show tunes for the whole, <laughs> the whole thing. Please, we're please go, continue to do. like and subscribe good even morning, though this mess. Good morning. First of all, how's my sound? I almost feel like I have things jerry-rigged after 40 episodes. It, it sounds uh, much better. It sounds much so, better. So anyways, I think we're going to do like that scene in Jaws, Phil, where people compare wounds. You know, that scene, you know, they're getting drunk, they're getting hammered and things. Mary Lou Mulligan broke my heart. You ever see that? He puts his leg up on the table and goes, thrasher shock. So uh, what happened? Right. So what happened? So you got, you, did you get, you got in, you got in a bar fight? Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was playing, um... What I was doing was trying to pull like this random hair out of my forehead, and I really cut myself pretty badly. No, I have uh, my kids left. My parents left me in the sun back then. Back then, when you were a kid, back in the '60s, uh, parents were told to rub baby oil on your head to increase the tan. And so, uh, lesson to to parents: if you haven't been using baby oil on your kids' faces, you're doing a better job than my parents uh, when they go to the beach. So I've I generally a couple of things jujitsu off my face once a year, so it's unfortunate. But I think they're going in for biopsy tomorrow. Uh, the over under on uh, there's a huge amount of people on Stockwoods that are hoping for the worst, which I think is just you know a testament to. They're hoping uh, for the worst for you. I'm sorry. To hear <laughs> yeah, that, it's a but... testament to the fact that I, I'm not. Uh, a fan right now. I'm kidding. We don't have those type of. They players. should. They should love you. You're the, the one of the founders. Like you, what's what's you're that dude. About, let me let me talk about sentiment on Sartwitz. For the last three years, I think during the Trump era, um, because no one knows my political affiliations, they don't ask. But because I uh, used to make a lot of fun of Orange Julius, uh, the word libtard, which I've never looked up until recently, was thrown around a lot. And I think Phil is used to this. We're going to talk about the early days of this doctor. I've been called Hitler more times as a Jewish person to be called Hitler. I don't know if that, I don't know what that means, but I have a lot of say, you know, we used to save these hate messages though and hang them in the office. And yeah, uh, yeah the stock Twitch office is a great place. And there's like the best trolls against stock Twitch. Oh my God. Are hung oh up God. all over the place. It's fantastic. Yeah. So, so now I have some of them. And what's interesting is, you know, we're now uh, 200 hostages are being held by Hamas from 30 different countries. And I'm showing a little bit of who I really am, which is an extremist, you know, not an extremist, Phil, and you're just a very soci- sociological or psychological question. I, I, I call it, my therapist calls it complex thinking, meaning not the machine word is like, we're at a moment in time where you could fucking go into the weeds but I have decided that it's just a good versus evil, you know, at my level of thinking. And I'm not going to get dragged into the weeds and debate what the outcome will be in three years from our actions today. But my, my high level complex thinking is release the hostages, all of them dead and alive. And the next stage of conversation, like there is no conversation until that happens. 
And so now uh, my fans and enemies think I'm right-wing, which, again, I don't know if I am, but pretty hard to go from libtard to right-wing. And, and that's why I don't really like social, which gets to the point of why I'm not tweeting anymore. I think it's good for everybody. I think it's good for, I think what we'll find after this, this current war, I think social media was on the decline at many levels and to groups and smaller groups and podcasts and deeper conversations. And when we get through this one, God willing, uh, with as as many lives spared, uh, the final, you know, I found that being off Twitter is easy. Using it is, is fine too. Just controlling your own emotions and kind of like smoking, like can't, or kind of like trading. Can you watch the markets all day? without trading. I think the next level of Zen with social is, can you watch it without engaging? And uh, that's, the, that's the world I'm going for now. I think there's enough good contributors that I got to weed it out and curate and garden. And so I think the next level of mastery of alpha will be about how few people, how do you curate, how do you filter the funnel that is out there without contributing meaning? Can I be nice to those contributors through email, through other ways, through a through a um, a burner account where they don't have to know it's me, but I say thank you. And so I think we're going to flip everything. And and you know I find myself ninety percent on WhatsApp with with different groups, and groups can be dangerous too, of course, and you have to keep moving around. But uh, I think the final, I think this terrorism and, and war will be a, a really big lesson for the young people that the algo is bad and that most people are good, but to get in the right mindset that most people are good, they're going to have to unplug. So I, I'm really taking this highest level approach, good versus evil right now, Phil. How crazy am I? Uh, I think you're not crazy. And that's actually very surprising because I always thought you were a lunatic. Mm-hmm. And but you're not crazy. I mean, you're just like you have your own experiences and you have your own worldview and serious shit is going down. The only thing that I would add to what you said is that I, I do agree with you. I think that social at scale has a really big problem and it took us to the point to get to uh mass, mass adoption to really understand that. And we've really Mm -hmm. seen it with every mass scale social network that exists. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying maybe the formula, maybe we'll figure out the formula at some point or some new entrepreneur will come up with something that will scale beautifully. But I think we're coming to like the the ceiling. And for my money, um, I think that smaller premium communities are going to be where it's at. And I'm kind of thinking about how I may want to do that. I'm not even sure I do because I know, I mean, you know, some people watching this don't know this. What's that? Start a Discord. I may. I may. may And then we can launch a token. And then we can launch a token. It's email. It's email. Email email is fantastic. But I think there's a, I think there are, you know, I remember you, I remember when everybody was talking about big data, Howie, you were talking about small data and you always do that kind of thing. And I think right now is a similar moment with social, with small social, whether it's via email. I know that Substack is trying. I don't love their app, but they're trying 
to become Terrible. more niche social networky. I know Terrible. Tumblr actually had some success back in the day of having yeah. these very narrow niches. They were like, yeah. you know, the people who were into anime, people who were into certain kinds of music or whatever. And mm -hmm. I think that there's an opportunity to build very, very small premium paid social networks. And I'm toying with that idea for my own own business. I'm not committal to it because having been sort of running running community at StockTwits early on, I recognize how much work will have to go into right. it. And I'm not sure that I want to do that much work, to be honest with you. Phil, like, I do. Maybe I do. Maybe I'm not going to do that much work. So I might. No, but I may these not go down type of road. life events, Phil, like I am now committed to starting something. We've been chatting about it, meaning mm. we are at like 08. We're like 2001, the 9-11. October yes. 7th. October 7th is a wake up call. You don't have to go I, to fight. You don't have to. You If you're not standing up right now and realizing the world's now completely changed again. And we'll talk about the two ways it's changed because we're going to talk about Howard Mark somewhere there. But, you know, there's two things going on right now. And they no one predicted they both happen in the same year. Okay. we Everybody talked about transitory inflation. That was a lie. What wasn't a lie is what Howard Marks wrote this week, Phil, which is credit is the new equity, basically. He was saying that there's a sea change. You can deny it. It's not the end of the world if you like to take risk, but a guy who looks at trillions of dollars and moves the markets in the trillions is saying, if you didn't know about credit, now you know. And so that's a huge, you know, he's, he's a, a memo writer that's read vastly, but not deeply by my community and venture and seed state sharp. Everybody doesn't want to face the bogeyman of what really has changed, and that's interest rates. The second seed change, which you didn't even talk about, because is it political, is it structural, is it uh, human, is October 7th. Um, we, whatever side you think you're on, there is a massive change in how we align our thinking. And if you didn't know, now you know. Too many people can't go to the higher level thinking. Uh, they're, they're bogged down in how did it happen? Is there a conspiracy theory? Um, Jews are bad. Muslims are bad. You know what happened? There's 200 people from 30 countries still being held hostage, civilians. And we can't even focus on getting those people home. The conversations have drifted into the darkest places. And we can't even get agree around evil versus light. So it's two sea changes, interest rates and unplugging. If you can't figure out who your group is with all this noise and all this opting into stupidity, you're missing out on the next big trend. So you have to unplug, you have to shrink your network, you have to test different networks, and you need to find the people that at a higher level thinking can understand black and white, uh, life and death, um, and good and bad. The rest of the stuff we can deal with in three months, two months, hopefully a day if they release the hostages and conversations can begin. But like, I've never seen it so clearly and I wouldn't have thought I could see it so clearly because, you know, until October 7th, there was just a discussion about interest rates and what's that going to do to risk? Well, risk is just 
escalated, in my opinion. So let's sh see how it's showing up in markets, Phil. And, and so we'll I have a comment about that. And I just want to say about, uh, about the unplugging, that's something that I was going to bring up, actually, before you... Uh, I wasn't going to use that term, but I, I think that right now is a time that people were already having difficulty coping with the world before. Quite obvious. Sadly. It, 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 it's, a, it's a shit show out there. Our culture is kind of a shit show. Yeah. And so one way of coping that I think has, be, has gone from being important to being super important is disconnecting from the rest of the world and just zooming in on your present moment in a dispassionate manner, um, focusing on the moment, focusing on your experience and uh, living in the moment, getting out in nature and really disconnect because we're not going to change what's happening out there. So there's really like two worlds. There's this world that's out there that, you know, we get 24 seven on the streams and we get videos and we see it in, 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 in vivid, stark detail. And then there's this world in here, you know, that's very close to home. That is home. That is like, Hey, how are we doing today? What are we doing? What are we cooking for dinner? How's our kids doing? How's our spouses doing? How's our, how's our parents doing who are aging or whatever? And that world in here is really the most important world. And it's really, really critical for us at this moment to make sure that we are configuring our world in such a way, our reality in such a way that we're not 24 seven, 365 being bombarded by that outside world. Because yeah. what happens is if we allow that to completely intrude on this in here world, on our home world, yeah. then we're really giving up our own life, our own experience of the world. So yeah. I look at it as dispassion. I look at it as being in the moment. It's kind of a Buddhist thing. And, you know, it's like, hey, be here present now, no matter what's going on in the world out there tonight. You know, I have some uh, stuffed salmon uh, from Uncle Giuseppe's in the fridge. And no matter what's going on out there tonight, I'm going to cook that up for my for my family. And we're going to sit in the kitchen and have dinner together. And I think that's like a super big thing. Another, uh, super another big critical. thing is to change your habit. What did I do October 15th? I just quit Twitter. I was like, I don't know if it's the right thing to do, but it's like I had to challenge myself to, to shock myself into like, I got to change my behavior because I'm not, I'm just wrapped up in this too tightly. And the other change of behavior I had is instead of spending 20 minutes on my daily blog or 30 minutes, I'm spending 10 hours on it or eight hours, meaning every waking minute that's not working and talking to the kids and hanging out with Ellen. She's probably been the big sacrifice here in time because I'm just spent every minute, you know, buried in a new network of news and trying to figure out everything I knew was out the window. And I have to assume that I have new friends or new sources because the, the black and white of all of it. So I made that decision. And I'll tell you what, the biggest habit is I spend time on my blog. Do people see the results? No, but I see the results because instead of, riffing off some smarty pants 
market commentary or some thought about investing, I now have to deeply engage in like, am I making the right, how do I make the right decision? Because it affects my kids, it affects our LPs, it affects my friends, who I choose for the next group, what I work on the next 10 years, because of the sea change uh, that we have in both interest rates and now uh, terrorism. So with that, totally agree. Like, if this isn't going to shock you into something, um, I don't know what else can. And I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying this is a moment to kind of reevaluate because the world order is going to change. And people out there predicting what's going to happen and saying, who's going to do what? Guess what? Go listen to podcasts, go down that rabbit hole, melt your mind. You're wasting your time. This is one of the most important you know, kind of convergences of crazy behavior and markets and human behavior and war and terrorism that, that we've ever seen. So to, at, at a time when everybody's screaming, me, 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 I have the answer. Uh, I understand humanity. Um, no, you don't. Because if you truly understood humanity right now, it'd be about the 200 hostages. That's, that's, that's truly what it is. No one's talking about them. And it's an easy answer. If we all can't agree to get them home first, how are you going to stop? How are you going to convince another side to do one thing? So with that in mind, let's look at how the markets are perceiving all this. Cause I think the most important chart would be Bitcoin. Cause it's kind of been a laughing stock. You know, JC's not here, but above 30 K he was like, he wanted to put his house in. I don't know if he did. Because, you know, it, 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 it faked out the last time we talked about it, but this time was the real move. I'm going to text, text him while we're talking. Maybe we could find out if he's long now. On Saturday, on Saturday on StockTwits, I bought, I bought some at 30. I've kind of flipped out of the position I bought at uh, 30 and the 33s and 34s. But I think the most interesting thing about Bitcoin phone, again, this is all made up, but, you know, you've got to, the narrative is, is interesting to me is like, it's kind of the perfect product for what we have right now. Right. It's express. It, no one really trusts it yet. It's probably, if you own it the right way, it's probably the safest asset you can get, at least to the people who feel they own it the right way. Secondly is the U S government hates it. Thirdly, it's software. Fourthly, there's a religion and mystery and isn't it weird that like something like we're talking about a Middle East war going on and, you know, Holocaust type chatter and Nazi type chatter, which is just breaks my heart. But what's the asset that is moving and it's creepily moving as like a voting proxy for like, fuck, say I have to get out of town. Right. And there's no many more distributed around the world than Jewish people. And so I just feel it's this weird, eerie proxy for all these things. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope at this point, Bitcoin goes to 24,000 just to prove that I'm wrong. Um, because I don't want to be right about this because it's doing all the things it's supposed to do if it's a digital gold. And then where's gold in comparison to then Phil, you chime in. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to dramatize something that worries the shit out of me because, uh, and gold's trying, but you can see how, where people that's feel. That's the about chart gold. for gold right there. Yeah, yeah. That's the interesting chart. I mean, that's a long term yeah. Well, Bitcoin's chart. the same chart. You know, that looks, I mean, that's a really long term chart. Yeah. And that thing looks, you know, 
crazy bullish on a breakout here. You know? Well, it's going to break out. Bitcoin broke out because it's easier to buy Bitcoin than gold. Like if you're in 2023 and you're 40 years old uh, and you have a uh, Robinhood or a uh, uh, Coinbase account, it's easier to buy uh, Bitcoin. Well, you could just buy GLD. I mean, GLD. Oh, no one does cool. that. Howard, no I do want to ask. I do that. You, well, you, you mentioned that. The... you're 70 years old and you understand the market, but most people don't. And that's not a good proxy, GLD. Futures would be a better proxy, according to Peter Brandt and JC. What's yeah, what's the best way fast. to own Bitcoin, though, Howard? You, you mentioned that. I don't think that anybody should own it unless it's owned by a professional, you know, if you're doing it through custody. I just don't think it's not so a you don't, toy. You don't, I think right, part of like, the privilege of owning Bitcoin is the risk of owning it properly, which I, is, I have no idea. I have no understanding of Bitcoin. And I think that most people don't understand crypto. And I do own some that I've owned for a long time. And I have no idea where it's going to go. I mean, I'm just I don't uh, know my, I'm my, it goes my down. thing is like that. It's that asymmetrical thing. Like it could go to zero. But if it goes to 10 million, then, you know, it was an asymmetrical bet. I, right, I but I guess beyond that, most, I don't understand it. Because, is the most responsible a, way to own Bitcoin through cold storage so that you yeah, have your seed some kind of storage, some proxy, yeah. since we don't yeah. have a spot I think ETF. if it's $2,000 and it's your first investment and you're young and you live in the United States, yeah, you can own it on Coinbase or Robinhood. I don't, be, I don't think it's ever going to be more than 5%. I mean, if it doubled from here, it wouldn't be 5% of what I own. But what I'm saying is, I'm not liking that the pro the borderless proxy is what's working. It's kind of eerie. So I hope I'm wrong. Like that's all I'm talking about, Phil. Is like I can't explain it. I can explain the price action is which is creeping me out. Um, and, and I will say and, this about it: it has been resilient over the long yeah. term. Well, that's like this never died. Like it's been like there have been more obituaries written about Bitcoin over the last twelve years than any other asset. And each time it gets crushed, it comes back, which is just amazing. Phil, how resilient. long ago was Res it that you wrote that post? It was like, what, I wrote a post ago? about it being resilient years ago. I don't remember exactly when, probably, I don't know, maybe three, four years ago, three years ago. Well, and that's like, oh, there's nothing wrong with owning resilient assets, you know, and it's just a question of how much of your portfolio. So, so in not, and the opposite of resilience right now is the QQQ. It's resilient in a different way because companies have cash flow. Right. But it's still a mystery. Right. People still have to believe that something is worth the cash flow and evaluation. So so I find this chart interesting. Right. Is that at the same time the war breaks out, Howard Marks is saying credit, um, you know, and everybody who's ever wanted to own Apple and Microsoft and Google and Tesla and NVIDIA own it. And if you don't, wow. you're just never going to invest. So I find it interesting at all in this moment that, you know, we're, we're breaking down. So it's a, it's, it's, there's just, just a short term thesis that it's not pretty out there. That's all I'm going to say is like, I've been defensive. I think JC and I got defensive June, July, August. Um, and I just, just remain defensive. I don't like what I see. Have you guys ever remembered a time when Bitcoin rallies and the queues are this week? Well, what JC saying, this portends a good rally in stocks. So I'm not going to bet against that, which is why I don't short stocks. But 
I just have a feeling even hot hands can go cold. And I think what scares me about Bitcoin, it's doing what Bitcoin should do. Like if there's one asset that people need and they got to move all over the place, not just from Venezuela to Peru or whatever, but they got to man to move. It just uh, it's a chaos type asset that that is not widely held and not easy to attain because there's no ETFs. And so the spike could be real. And that's you know why JC way back was saying above 30,000, it could fucking go. And we're seeing all that. I think the next thing we're seeing, guys, which is super interesting, is Solana is moving better than Ethereum. This is like a huge relative strength, interesting phenomenon, is that Solana's kind of doubled in the last week, right? And Ethereum is up 10%. And... Um, so I just find that interesting because Solana is the only other one that friends of mine who are in the industry talk about all day and, and invest in the tokens in that ecosystem. And Justin Sassler, who I mightily respect in FinTech at Ribbit uh, Capital, um, has said in using the, the Solana system for payments and, and money movement, much like FTX, the scammers, they were, but FTX was using Solana. Uh, for transactions, it's a very fast network. And you can see that Solana, which I'm long uh, through some funds, is back to the point. You see where that red line started in uh, November of 22? That was when Sam got caught, right? That's when, that's when, and everybody knew Sam owned all the Solana, right? And so it should have been over. And guess what? It looked over. Solana hit seven. So there is, this is this has moved on beyond the Sam joke. And so you can ignore this or you can just say, whoa, there's something going on here. And then relative to Ethereum, and then there's a Amsterdam Solana show coming up. And again, these are all very speculative, speculative assets that are moving in a time of uh, a risk off scenario in the QQQ. So super interesting. You know, maybe Solana just goes down to zero. I don't know. But uh, from the people I know that actually use the, the blockchain and test it around sending money, truly love the product. Get, what's that make it worth? I don't know. So those are, that's interesting to me. The queues are interesting to me. Uh, Google today, interesting to me, guys, because, you know, I've been that Super Bowl on Google. But below 130, I'm just going to stop out of a lot of my Google uh, on a weekly basis because I'd rather pay a higher price later. I mean, maybe maybe ChatGPT is digging into them. Maybe Microsoft truly is digging into them because Microsoft today on their earnings announcement so is What up. was the news ahead, on Tom. the Google? They reported and they got killed? That doesn't matter what, what the was news the, is. Like, what so was much the, news. What was the bad like, news? You know what I mean? I, like, what was the... I can't missed? decipher. There's so much news. Like, these numbers are all just so big, law of large numbers. It's... How could we decide what number everybody cares about? I just think mood-wise, people have said, you know what? Uh, like if you talk to any young kid like Ethan who works for us and Riot, their chat GPT is like 80% of their use. Like we could ignore it because we're not using it. Or you can see how other people are using it and going, you know, it's a creep. Like it's a creep. Like Google has a competitor. Now, at Bard and everything else, I'm, I'm a Google person, but I'm not going to fight the tape. And I've always said below 130, it just, you know, it's tricky. And uh, so it's unfortunate. Like we lose another, we could be losing another general this week. Um, 
And, you know, I, I don't know. Like, you know, when, but I'm, but again, we'll see. This is the market itself being weak. Was there any other stocks that were interesting that I brought up? You want to talk about uh, the Indian travel company, MMYT? Which one? Riley? You guys want to talk about MMYT? Yeah. Yeah. So pull up, I brought it up last week. And sure enough, I'm eating crow already. I said below 40, uh, I'd stop out. So I've stopped out. And it could just be the market, but uh, I was hoping it would just start closing weekly above 40, and it hasn't. So all bets are off right now. Uh, I just want to keep people up to date on that. And then I'm really not doing much else. I think that the crypto trade is just interesting. The question is, will these gains hold? I don't know. And I'm hoping I'm wrong because I hope some order kind of comes back to markets. Uh, and then... I thought we'd talk about just the market in general and startups, right? Because Phil's talking about a startup. I'm talking about a startup and you know, interest rates are high. And um, we started stock twits in the middle of, a, of the financial crisis, right, Phil? Right in the middle. It's an incredible time to start a business. That was actually, that's actually a great story right. about stock twits is that we started like right into the teeth of the financial crisis. Well, it's the it same thing that we talked. And everybody was out of work. Everybody wanted to work for us because like we were getting like, hey, can I have a job? Because <laughs> hey, everybody was like, everybody in finance was like looking for something new because they were all getting canned. And there was people like from Lehman trying to, you know, it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but so it's some, a great time to start a business because it keeps you humble. You, you know, you got to be humble. And that whole thing, you know, there, there's some parallels, but some differences. So let's go through what's the same and different if you're going to start a company today versus 08, 07. So 08 was a financial crisis. Right? You know what? I had one quick last thing about crypto yeah, yeah. that I just wanted to point out. If you take a look at like a, 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 a BTC to Ethereum chart, like a mm -hmm. relative, like if you were looking at a currency, you know how currency trades in pairs, you can look at crypto in terms of pairs. I'm looking at the BTC ETH right now and BTC is crushing Ethereum. Yeah. I'm going to look at the, uh, the Solana one too. It'll be uh, closer. BTC to SOL. And the thing is about all of that is that, oh, I, I missed it. The, the thing about all of that is that, you know, for the, for the Bitcoin maxis, you know, that they're called Bitcoin maximalists, who believe Bitcoin is the one coin, you know, they're like the monotheists of crypto. Um, that's a big thing that, uh, that, that Bitcoin is outperforming Ethereum by so, so much. And I think you're even the during point. this bull phase, it's doing you're, it. I would love to see, hey, hey, Riley, can you get a, a BTC SOL to see it. how that you one is? Solana's doing even better. What I think the biggest thing is why I brought up Solana is if the Ethereum fans may be in the wrong chain, right? Like if Bitcoin's going to win, there still needs to be a transaction uh, chain. And so what I'm saying is what's most interesting outside of Bitcoin is that Solana's relative strength versus Ethereum and towards Bitcoin is closest. I think. Right. So can you pull? I have up? no idea on that. But I mean, I, I, I hear you, but I have no idea whatsoever. All right. So so let's move on to startups and how the world's different today for people that. So we just talked about, you know, Solana is trading much better relative to Bitcoin. I told it's you. like trading more, you know, more closely, more, more even over the last uh, four yeah. months or so. 
Yeah, one day you'll so trust. Solana market cap might be catching up with Ethereum to some degree. No, no, no. Ethereum's massive. The the yeah. Um, so so I wanted to talk about you know if I'm going to bring up sea change and I'm even thinking of you know shaking things up at my age. This is a fantastic. What wasn't a fantastic time is 2020 to start a business. You know, it would have been a fantastic time for people to do in hindsight. Have our government put you to work for two years and fucking get a skill instead of watching Netflix and yell at the TV. So with all that lost, right, and all the bitching that's moaning, and now you got to pay back your student loans, let me tell you that now doesn't mean you're going to build the biggest business. There's never been a better time to go be your boss and think for yourself. I'm not, it's not going to and be go easy. small and go, go small. small. We were talking about this a month yeah. ago. Yeah. Go small. So go inside out. Don't try to go get all this VC money and try to get a huge value. Go start a business and get cash flow positive and find one good person that you want to hire and go small inside out and grow a business the old fashioned way. Now's a perfect time to do that. Perfect time to do it. Uh, especially if you've treated your and nourished your social network and you can move people. Now I will say, like we talked last week, if you don't have an email list, start yesterday. You know, Substack, Beehive, we're investors in Beehive. If you're not doing it, if, Riley, you started one. How many email subscribers do you have? I think I'm at like 235. Yeah, it's a very niche idea. So I'm saying you go, like, bro. it's better than you feel about having 10,000 followers on Twitter, would it not? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Because it's so real. It's real. Like so. I'll get responses. So it's not there and... yet. So maybe if you had 1,000 subscribers, you would feel No, that. dude, your first no, but... 100 is the hardest. You're doing it's... amazing. It's definitely I mean, real though, because you know, I'll get like cool inbound emails from it that are more authentic than like a correct. random comment on Twitter. Because so, right. the only way to build a super fan is to directly communicate with them in email. So there is no shortcut. Okay. You can, you can have fanatics, you can have crazies, you can have haters. Um, none of it replaces a true fan that you can connect through email. We've tried everything. YouTube's great, but YouTube owns you. So if you are a celeb on YouTube and TikTok, even more importantly, to get control of your email list, find out who your people, if you're in their inbox, they're a friend and they're a customer. If you're not in their inbox or, or spam and you'll get rid of you can spam people, you get rid of you. But if you're not in their inbox, you don't really have a business. Um, there was this illusion in Zerp that you had a business, right? Like, and get involved in other people's newsletters that you love. So if you love and somebody else is building a community and you love it and there's comment sections to that, get involved there because you don't know who's, who you're going to meet and you don't know what's going to happen with that community as it grows. As a matter of fact, Howard and I met in the comment section of uh, Fred Wilson's blog, like yeah. in the alts. Like, yep. you know, 15, 16, 17 years ago. So the other thing I'll, I'll tell people, because they just have recency bias, which is a big thing that Phil and I talk about, is your recency bias, if you're going to start a company, shouldn't be what valuations were three years ago. They should be what valuations were when the last cycle kicked off. This is another huge problem for my industry because um, of the Harvard-like coddling of entrepreneurs near the end of this boom. Right. Like it's so funny, Phil, that like the people who didn't go to Harvard are stomping all over Harvard. You know where those people went? Stanford and Y Combinator. And they're just as bad. If that's the leaders that come in, 
Next, we're going to be in the same problem in 20 years. So we need people to like shun that idea of what a startup is and go back and study a little bit of history of like stock tips raise money at like a 60K valuation or a 300K valuation. It's not like I didn't go broke. You know, I, yeah, I could own more of my company, but like there's kids out there still thinking their valuations are 10 to 15 million because they're 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 hedged to some recency bias of two years ago. They're not going back to when, you know, now don't we just have a potential financial crisis? We have a border crisis. We have a war. We have terrorism. We have uh, divisiveness. Uh, you can't get customers. There's no Twitter or LinkedIn to use and spam and get users like be honest with yourself and really understand what the landscape looks like, because just raising money will become a headache to you if you raise it from the wrong people at the wrong price. So I think this recency bias that, that young entrepreneurs have or, or, or are aspiring to is based on, is stabled or based, as you would say, Phil, on some really, is anchored to some really bad look back data. And so I really worry that kids are going to rush to start a company and they're going to structure it improperly and they'll be running sideways for 10 years. And then there's nothing worse than that, working really hard and not making money. And just, and, so to, it, and just to accentuate how long this VC bubble went on before it popped, hmm. I remember literally 10 years ago, Mark Cuban came out with an article saying that the VC bubble, you know, there was like a, bull, a bearish phase in the market and it turned out to be just a little slight cyclical downdraft. And he had this post about how the market's over, the VC bubble's popping. And he was, he was 10 years early because the VC bubble went crazy for another 10 years until, the, until last year, nine years. Yeah. And he was wrong. He was so early. He was so caught up in it in his own thing. And so now if it is really, really popping, nobody knows when, nobody knows when it's come back. And so your advice, Howard, and, and you gave it, you gave the same thing a month ago, you know, and if you're not ready to start your own company, go out and work for a real company that has a, yeah. like, that has like a product that's flying off the shelves. Don't worry about your mm -hmm. salary. Go see something working. Go. Right. Cause a lot of people see, aren't ready to start a business in this environment. Yeah. So, cause they should you know, Right. Not everybody, not everybody should. So, How much do so you think it's I was just say, that these kids want to like have the sexy headline of like, oh, I raised 10 million. Well, they're anchored does. to the wrong, they're anchored to, like I said, you're praying to the wrong God. And that's what I worry about is the new Harvard is somebody went to Stanford or, or, or somebody who's a hacker or somebody, you know what I mean? Or, or a gamer. And I'm like, pick your, pick your idols. Well, like, Find mentors that like can stable you into reality, you know, just doing what other people do is not a solution. And like I said, and, we're and in a going sea small and inside out. You don't have to go to Harvard or Stanford. I mean, no. I, I'm thinking of a buddy of mine who went to Binghamton, great school, but it's no Harvard. And he is an incredible entrepreneur, just a local boring business. And he's just raking in money. Beautiful. <laughs> the, the, um, yeah, none of that ever. I went to ASU. Where'd you go? DeVry? Yeah, DeVry. Yeah. yeah. So, Got it so man, way back in the, the day. I went to Maryland. The, the, key is, the key is everybody knows who David Sachs, Elon Musk, Chamath is. 
Nobody reads Howard Marks. Trust me. No one reads Answath. You know, Patrick O'Shaughnessy did Answath. I forget his name, and I'm not a huge fan. Answath like, Damadorian. Yeah. Like, okay, whatever. But he's been talking how to invest for years. You've got to go back to people who've been through cycles, right? And you got to shock yourself into getting outside your bubble and really understanding how this trend now is different. We're having, we're in the middle of some serious global shocks. We had it politically, but there's now serious other issues. Canada's a mess. We went from, if you ever told me the border in Canada would be a problem, six months ago, a year ago, I would I got guys. You know, it was so down on my list of like, but if you read what's going on with Trudeau and in in the the um, the way he's managing media and and control, and the way he talks to people in Canada, and the way he's embracing a bad behavior, um, America. If you told me America had to work out, worry about that border where bad people could come in through that border, I would have called you a right wing wingbat, right? And so you have to be able to like. Really, everything's different right now because of the mistakes and the bubble that we just came through. So let me and, ask you a question, Howard. So I think here's one place where- And I'm not trying to be bearish. It. I'm bullish. But I'm saying like, oh my God, if you're not wise, wide open about how different things are. The New York Times, like again, I don't want to talk about it because we don't read it, but people read it. You know, there is a there is two years ago, Phil, when Rachel came home from New York, she was like, dad- you should double mask. And I pulled her into, I go, Rachel, you grew up in Arizona. I said, I'm proud of you to be in New York. And I think it's your right to read the New York Times. I love that you read the New York Times. But I said, you telling other people because you read the New York Times what they should be doing is going to get you in a lot of trouble. And you know what? It was a tough, she was mad at me. She didn't understand what I was saying. I was trying to say it as nicely as ever. It's like, who pick, be careful who you trust and what you read even if you've got a good degree and you're in New York and you're making money. And here we are two years later and the New York Times is a fucking disgrace. Now people will still read it and nothing I say matters, but they've caused more potential VIX explosion and death from a, from a sloppy uh, message saying Israel blew up uh, a hospital than any damage that's been done by by so many people and so i'm saying like anything that you thought was an institution that you know was fun to make fun of before is you now know like it's eyes wide open right now and i don't like saying this type of stuff because it's like i don't want to worry about everything so i have a question for you i have a question for you and so me and you have slightly different viewpoint on this right my viewpoint is that I am much more focused on what's happening in this, in my, in my immediate life. And I don't fucking read the New York times. Like I don't give a fuck. You know know what I mean? Like I'm just not getting involved. And it's not because I don't care. And it's not because I wish anybody bad. It's just that it's, it takes up so much energy. It takes up so much emotional psychic energy to get involved with something that is not in my immediate life. So my question is, is like, do you have a way right now of disconnecting from that whole thing that you're deeply involved? And I know, and I know that it hits deep, bro. You were in Israel a week before this happened. This is your people. This is your home, you know, your second home. And I know you go there multiple times every year, but do you have a way 
or do you feel that you want to, or that it would be helpful or necessary for you to disconnect sometimes and just be like, Hey, I'm just not, I'm not involved with that right now. I have things here that I'm thinking about, like my life. Yeah, I think I was saying earlier, like what I told out, I'm just gone. Like I'm just, there's a new 10 hours of the day devoted to something that became more important than, now again, I'm lucky. I have money in the bank. I don't have to worry about returning, return on my capital. So I don't, you know, no one's calling me about, hey, should we look at this muni bond? Like, so I get to shed the unimportant stuff to focus on what really matters right now, who my community is, getting my nieces and nephews caught up on what I think, how they should think about it. My kids, obviously, my wife, making sure we're on the same page. Where will we go? Listen, we had a discussion that Ellen agreed to get a gun. This is two 50-year-old, 58-year-old Phoenix people that like laughed at this. Like, you know, we got a guard gate. But we agreed to go through the process because we want to be the last people. What's that? Bottom. When you buy a gun, could I think be. that's the bottom. Yeah. Could be, but again, when you're when you're when it's this, when the people in your network who aren't hysterical uh, are lining up to do things like not life, you know, Israelis and friends. Israelis were caught off guard with no guns either, you know. So I'm saying there's sometimes messages that you just. Hopefully I am the bottom. Like hopefully Bitcoin goes to 24,000. Hopefully I buy a gun and sits in a safe in my house and you laugh at me for the next 10 years. That would be such a win. That would be the win of wins. So those are the type of bottoms that I'm rooting for that my behavior becomes the bottom. What, what I'm reading though is sea change. Right? I'm reading someone who manages trillions and then I'm seeing the, the, the unsaid becomes said. Like, that's what I'm saying about the New York Times. This is shit that you kind of thought they were corrupt. And then they're just like, oh, whoopsie. Uh, and I'm like, well, if they're just going to pull a whoopsie, then who are they working for? Like, as a $7 billion market cap company, the New York Times, maybe it's just easier for them to grow if they appeal to Muslims. Like, you know, I make fun, maybe of, the you. CEO... I make fun of you, but the reality is, is you're usually early on things and... I hope I'm uh, wrong. So I'm if you're buying a gun, you're probably buying a gun in the first quarter, not in the fourth quarter. Right. Yeah. 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 So just wanted to clarify that. Like I'm I'm right, I kid him, but to be I'm buying you know, it okay. as schmuck insurance, not as offensive. I'm buying it hopefully. Like when I was investing in some startups personally in 2021, I was like, I'm this is schmuck insurance, just in case I'm wrong. Turns out I was right. I'm the schmuck. So there's certain points in life where you take insurance, you know. And you hope you're wrong. This would be one of those times. But everything around me, sensory, is uh, people that don't get hysterical are hysterical. You know what I mean? And they're hysterical with some facts. It's not like, yeah, no one. You're very close my... to it. Yeah, you're and very people close to people it. aren't asking me what the VIX is. People aren't asking me my opinion. Like, you know, this isn't like a standard. This isn't about the markets. This is just more about good and bad. And it's just a major pivotal point. And, and that's what worries me. So that's it. So I'm saying like, there's a lot of stuff going on. So the Ravens play the Cardinals this weekend. Speaking of uh, Arizona and, and uh, you know, I'll, I'm take I'll take the Ravens. I'll take the Ravens. You'll take the, oh, I wanted to, I was, I thought maybe I could get you a bet. You know, no one would I, I, would, I, I bet against the, I get bet against the Cardinals every week. It's the safest 20. Oh, are you a diamonds back bet. guy? Aren't they going to the world series? Does anybody, I'm back to the world I series. Mean, does anybody a, care about that? 
Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to take Max and the boys if Riley's here. We'll go. We're going to get 10 seats, go to one game, and just say we were there. It's been 23 years since the Diamondbacks, and I'm – That's cool. I, I, I fancy The myself. last time they won a World Series, the market crashed, right? Is that right? It was 9-11. They won the World Series right after 9-11. Oh, okay. So it was late. It was already, yeah. it was already a little later in the, in they the went market. into New York and they shouldn't have, you know, everybody wanted New York to win. No one ever wants New York to win. And, and uh, the Diamondbacks won that series right after nine 11. Um, but I would say that uh, I'm a momentum fair weather uh, team fan. If I'll hop on that bandwagon last two games of the year, because I'm proud to call myself a bandwagon or like the experience of like, if you have a chance in the life to go experience certain things next, next summer, we're going to go do Wimbledon. I'm going to do tour de, tour de France. If you have the, the luxury to go do certain things, uh, I say do them. So that's where I'm at out the sports. All right, boys. Great to, uh, Gents. great to catch up. Great Adios, to catch up. Guys. We'll do this next week. See you, boys. All right. See you.